Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. Have you checked the children? children. I want to play a game. The box. You opened it. We came. This is the All America Spook Show. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the All American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh. I'm joined here with Donnie. Yo. Will. And the Professor Smoke. What's up? And th- this week it's it's way different from last week. And last week's cult corner was we watched the uh, 1986 classic BMX classic Rad. This is a complete opposite side of the of movies. <laughs> period. And we're going to be talking about Midsummer from uh, 2019. Will, this was that you picked this one, right? Yes, sir. You've seen this before, obviously. What what uh, what made you want to draw this one out right now? Honestly, it was just such a different pull. Like, it's such a unique movie. It is. So I thought it'd be fun to, to kind of, you know, get in and talk about it. Especially, like I said, the uh, the comparison with Rad. You know, it's, like, it's so much different from something <laughs> like that, right? Or even Mother's Boys that we had done before that. Good God. You know, I, I, I failed to, meant to ask you guys last week, uh, Smoke, you or Donnie, did either of you get a chance to watch Mother's Boys yet? I have not yet. You know, you guys talked it up so much, you know, it was just like uh, you guys were so excited to, uh, you know, to share your thoughts about it. Um, I, I was not, uh, you know, that inclined to, uh, you know, check it out. Mm. Well, you know, mm. the time the time will come. The time will come. Yeah. Yeah. With bated breath. We wait to hear your thoughts <laughs> yeah. on Mother's Boys. But anyways, yeah. So, <laughs> moving past that, much much more uh, uh, more meaty, more entertaining things to talk about here with Midsummer Smoke. I know you've watched it and you enjoyed it. Donnie, have you seen this before? This was my very first time I've okay. watched it. So yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting. We've got we've got some fresh meat here. We've got experienced veteran watch watcherships here. So uh, we're gonna have all, all across the board here some different opinions mm. and stuff. You know yeah. some. Fresh take. One thing that's new for me this time around is I watched the director's cut and I have not seen that before. Okay. This uh, how, now how much longer? Because this one's good. Good lord, how long was this? This is like two and a half hours. Right? Yeah, it was two two hours and twenty eight minutes. So how much longer was the director's cut? I believe I read that it was one hundred and seventy one minutes long. So it's almost thirty minutes longer, right? I'm not good at the Somewhere math. In- you can't ask me math <laughs> on the. I I was. Like as soon as I saw the runtime, I'm like, man, motherfucker. Man. <laughs> it's a long one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will say though, you know, just before we yeah. get deep into it, it's a, I, I feel it's a fairly fast two twenty eight. You know, like it's a long yeah. movie, and yeah. certain parts do drag a little bit, but I think it didn't necessarily, like, oh god, you know, like you're you're yeah. not clock watching. It you wasn't know? as bad as I had originally, you know. Yeah. Thought. I'm just like, man, fuck, eight twenty four for this long. Wait until we watch the stand. I mean, wait until we watch the stand. You know, we'll get to that one of those. Shit. Then you'll be like, let's watch Midsummer again. Wait till we do book reviews and you have to read the stand. I think we're doing a book review section, right? And you say, nah. it's gonna I be, quit. It's going to be called the Spook Show Book Nook. I quit. I'm out. 
<laughs> anyway, so uh, before we get into it, we want to uh, encourage you to go check out aaspookshow.com. It's the center of the Spook Show universe. From there, you can go to our YouTube channel. where We've got such hits as Video Vortex, Hammer Horror in Order, Grindhouse Gutter, lots of cool stuff. Uh, you can also, from there, go to, of course, our podcast archives. Pretty much every episode is there. You know, you, it'll, it'll get you over to our Podbean page where all of our episodes are archived. We also encourage you from there to go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Show, where every month you get video minisodes, including the Library of the Professor, Crapster Peace Theater every month. Uh, if you've ever voted on Crapster Peace Theater, thanks. Also, <laughs> also, please go to Patreon and become a patron to further encourage Crapster Peace Theater. How about that? <laughs> Let's talk about the crap that you picked. You have to join Patreon. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Please, please help us out. I mean, if you're making us do it, the least you can do is throw us a few bucks to help us help the cause over there. Uh, so, yeah, without with all that out of the way, we're going to toss it the trailer for Midsummer. I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. No, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity and I decided Look, I to do it. I don't mind you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. Dude, she needs a therapist. You've been wanting out of this stupid relationship for like a year now. And don't forget about all of the beautiful Swedish women you'll meet in June. Okay, guys. That's not her again. Seriously? Babe, what's happening? Danny. I was so very sorry to hear about what happened. I'm sorry. I invited Danny to come to Sweden. You know what she's been going through? Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Unbelievable. Welcome and happy midsummer. Skull! What time is it? 9 p.m. That can't be right. The sky is blue. This is what 9 p.m. is like here. How long have you two been together? Just over three and a half years. Four years. Really? Yeah. What do you think? It's like another world. Tomorrow's a big day. Is it scary? What is it? It has special properties. What am I going through? We just need to acclimate. I don't want to acclimate. I want to go. Absolutely not. What's happening? I don't know why you invited us. That's why you look so guilty right now, because you know. We only do this every 90 years. I was most excited for you to come. All right, there you go. That's the trailer for that. So I guess we'll go ahead and dive a little bit into the background here. Now, I didn't do as much like, you know, deep dive type stuff, but it is a newer movie. So there's not, you know, there's not as much out there as like, say, when we were talking about Rad and you can dig up some old, old, uh, you know, facts and numbers and stuff like that. Uh, but this movie was released July 3rd, 2019. It was produced by Square Peg, Be Real Films, and A24, and of course, distributed by A24. 
Smoke, I think, is this the first A24? No, wait a minute. We did The Witch. Was that A24? The Witch. Yeah. 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 Which, that was the only other. I think, uh, I guess the only, these will be the only two A24 films, I believe, mm-hmm. right? I believe so. Yeah. I can't, yeah. another one's not coming to mind right away. And I'm, and I'm I know we'll, that will change, but <clears throat> as right. the months and years go by, but this one is rated R. Total runtime, like we just said, of two hours and twenty eight minutes. So it's a it's a sit down and watch. Get in a comfortable chair, get your snacks, drinks, and all that ready because it's a long one. Uh, overall, especially, especially as we referenced, if you're watching the director's cut, you got an extra twenty four. Yeah, even <laughs> even more uh, hard ass time. <laughs> overall, IMDb is listed as a drama slash horror slash mystery. It was filmed in Budapest, Hungary. Uh, certain f- scenes were filmed in Utah and in New York City, New York, uh, between August 5th and October 6th of 2018 for a budget of $9 million and went on to a worldwide gross of $48.1 million. So, you know, not not crazy numbers there, but clearly it was successful, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. And this was his second movie, right? We haven't gotten, at we didn't do his as, cover as first movie, Hereditary, but at some point we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, he's still only like, as far as like feature length, he's only made a few, right? Like, I think he's got one coming out. Our Ari Aster's who we're talking yeah. about pronouns. Yeah. Yeah. His latest one is out now, I believe. And it's, uh, Bo is afraid. Bo is afraid. Yeah. And I think the only other ones were, if correct me if I'm wrong, is this one in hereditary, right? I mean, there might've been some other ones before that, but as far yeah, as like big short ones, films, something like that. But it's, and I don't know if it's, you know, if there was anything before the A24 that was just smaller in the, and even more independent, but, but yeah, as far as big movies, hereditary, this one, Midsommar, and then, uh, the new one, Bo is afraid. Yeah. Uh, I've got the top 10 from the weekend that it was released. So it came out, it's obviously right in the middle of the summer, midsummer. Uh, so this is the big franchise, big tentpole time of the year, you know, at least in the U S box office. So this is July 5th through the 7th of 2019. Number 10, rocket man. Number nine, Avengers Endgame was in its 11th week. Uh, it was at this point uh, about eight hundred and forty-seven million dollars. <laughs> at this point, so it's it's actually on the tail end, but still, Endgame was kicking ass. Number eight, Men in Black International. You know, I never saw that one. I completely forgot they even made it. To be honest with you. Uh, number seven, The Secret Life of Pets two. Number six in its opening weekend, Midsummer made six and a half million dollars. Uh, but this was its actual, like, this was like just its official wide release, right? Uh, it had already made 10.9 million cumulatively up to this point because, you know, the limited release. But yeah, so at, even at this point, opening weekend, $10.9 million. Number five, Aladdin. That was the uh, live action remake. Number four, Annabelle Comes Home. There you go. One of Donnie's favorites. Mm. That's what it was up against. Any words for old Annabelle? <sighs> <laughs> Number three, yesterday. Number two, Toy Story 4 was in its third week, and it already was over $300 million at this point. And then number one, Spider-Man Far From Home in its opening weekend made $92.5 million. By the way, already in its opening weekend, cumulatively, worldwide and everything, it was already over $185 million. So, yeah, like I said, this is July the July 4th weekend. You know, this is the big holiday weekend here in the U.S., big weekend for movies uh that being said though i mean midsummer still performed pretty well for a, a a horror movie a long form type of what would you say smoke uh how pe- some people would classify this as elevated horror right 
Yeah, I think that, yeah, there's, I guess, two subgenres that would fall into elevated horror being that sort of art house horror like The Witch. And we could go into a number of other movies. Well, yeah. The Witch is the one that we've covered. And then also folk horror it kind of falls into that. It definitely falls into that category, too. This one was, uh, as we said, directed by Ari, uh, Ari Aster and written by Ari Aster. <clears throat> it stars Florence Pugh as Danny. She would, uh, probably at this point, she would better be known from her role in the MCU, right? Uh, uh, God, what was the uh, role? Sister. Will. She, <laughs> Sister of Black Widow, yeah, she was in Black Widow, but y- Yelena Belova, that's what, basically like the yeah. new Black Widow, right, in the, uh, in the MCU. But like, that's probably the one, I mean, she's been in a lot of other stuff, she's successful, but that's probably the one thing that most people would probably ping her from right away. Uh, it also stars Jack Rayner as Christian, uh, Wilhelm Blomgren as Pell or Pelly. Isn't that how you said his name? The, the guy that brought them to the, the village, right? Pelly or Pell. Um, mm. William, Jack- William, William Jackson Harper as Josh and Will Poulter as Mark. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, casting wise, you know, it's, it's a pretty great cast. Uh, Florence, Florence Pugh, of course, is acting her ass off in this movie. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. she does a hell of a job. But yeah, was there anything else you guys wanted to bring up before we get into it? Uh, one thing off the top, have, have how many of us here have seen the original Wicker Man from the seventies? You know the the British. I, I I have, and I've seen the Nicolas Cage yeah. too. So there's that. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen both. Yep. <laughs> Although it has been a while for both, but I have seen them both. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah, that's one of the one of those uh, cornerstones of folklore, and uh, there's a lot of just parallels with this movie. It's by by no means is it a remake or even a reimagining, but if you were to put those two movies side by side and watch them, you would see a lot of correlations i guess that were probably i'm sure it was an influence to him when he when he made this movie nothing again nothing's like shot for any kind of remakes or anything but the the, the storyline and the way it unfolds very complimentary to the wicker which is that's another one of my favorite 70s horror movies there's a lot of that similar type of culture and imagery type stuff in this one right when you're comparing like say that to what kind of the the sub not sub genre but the subtext and what is going on here in their and world, right? The conclusion as well, which we won't spoil, you know, for those who haven't seen, we will spoil it for this, but we won't spoil it for the Wicker Man. But <laughs> let's just say the way that, that, that things dr- drive towards the climax is very familiar if you, for Somewhat those that similar, have seen that movie. Similar. Yep. That's probably a good time also to remind everybody that we are a spoiler filled podcast. So if you have not seen Midsummer, and we, I think all on the surface here, we encourage you to go check it out. We always encourage you to check it out yourself, form your own opinions. But before you hear us talk about it and give our uh, our final star rating and everything, we're going to spoil it. So just just as a reminder, if you want to see it, pause now, go check it out, and then come back and listen to the rest of this. Uh, the one thing that I saw was uh, the reason that it got the 30 minutes chopped down is because it was going to be an NC-17 movie. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that's one of the things. Is it, now, it wasn't – now, that would be pretty, pretty brutal if 30 minutes worth was all gore, but <laughs> – but no, there was some extended scenes. Yeah, I know, like for instance, once we get to the, for lack of a better word, you know, the, the the cliff scene, right? Once we get to, we'll explain it when we get to it. But that scene was a bit more, a bit longer shots of what happened to them, you know, when they jumped off the cliff, and then uh, some other points too. But a lot of it also was characterization of the character of uh, Danny and Christian's character, kind of their interplay to which kind of helps you i can see why he cut it out to make the movie i mean it's already a long movie and you're going to make it play a little bit faster a little bit you know pick up the pacing a little bit 
but they were key scenes. So it is something that yeah, I would recommend for those who haven't seen the director's cut and if they have seen the original to check out the director's cut because it, you know, it just gives a little bit more fleshed out characterization to them and to why she does what she does and the way the film climaxes. Hurry, step right this way, folks, for the most extravagant array of refreshment goodies ever assembled under one roof. Enjoy breathtaking, taste-tempting candies of finest quality. Enjoy popcorn exploded into tender, delicious, crispy bites of crunchy goodness. Enjoy the tops in cool, refreshing soft drinks. If you want to enjoy some refreshments, this is your opportunity. There will now be a short intermission. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So hop on over to audible.com. And Donnie, you're in for a treat, buddy. I know how you like your books. Mm. I just typed in Midsummer, see what would, you know, and, and spelled the same way that they spelled the title. See what will pop up. And I've got a couple of interesting titles here. I've got Sheffens Dutrar, Erotisk Midsummer Novel by... Alexandra Sodergarden, Sodergrand. That one's only thirty-six minutes, but it's an erotic novel. So, mm. thirty-six minutes—that's more than that's more than enough, right? Is it a lot of moaning? It's, it's group moaning. That's what. It yeah, is. it's just going to be like the uh, you know the the elder couple that were just moaning as right before they took their shots. There, well, you know, if that one maybe that wasn't your cup of tea. Maybe that was the problem there. But I found mm. another one here. There's there's another title called Nagin. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, erotic what's the, erotisk midsummer novel. It's it's apparently it's part of the same series. No, what's the name of it again? Nagin. Uh, it's thirty. That one's only <laughs> thirty four. Capitalized. It's it's a capital N. A with a I don't know what you ampersand. I don't know what the hell is on top of that. It's Swedish man, but it's erotic. But it's erotic. It's funny. It's erotic. Well, I just assume no. that, like, you know, when you're listening to something like this on audible.com, they're going to yell at you, you know? Mm. What do I know? I don't listen to Swedish erotic novels on Audible. But if that's your... You might have a different, you know, aspect of your Swedish, because, like, this movie apparently was played and premiered in Sweden, and they uh, they laughed at it. They thought it was a black comedy rather than, you know, horror. <laughs> And they filmed it in Hungary, ironically. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, if uh, if you're into Swedish erotic novels, go to audibletrial.com slash spookshow again. <laughs> that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audio book. So, as we do here, I'm going to hop on over to Audible. Or, no, I've already done Audible. Shit, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going over to IMDb, and I'm going to click on plot summaries to see what pops up, man. I'm just now digging to find it. So let's see. Oh yeah, Donnie. Yeah. You're in for a treat. I'm out. I quit guys. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> uh, audible was enough. Yeah. No, no, right. we got some, I'm going to read. I'm only, cause there's a few, I'm only going to read two. Right. The really brief one, a couple travels to Northern Europe to visit a rural hometown's fabled Swedish midsummer festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. I'm going to skip the other ones and I'm just going to read the long one. All right. Cause I think we need some depth. We need, we need some depth of understanding so we can really talk about this in a, on a serious plane. You know, we need to be serious. This was posted by Nick Reganis over on IMDb. Traumatized and still struggling to come to terms with an appalling family tragedy. 
Danny, an American graduate student, turns to Christian, her self-centered and distant boyfriend, against the backdrop of their inevitable breakup. In high hopes of repairing their disintegrating relationship, Danny tags along with two of Christian's companions and their cryptic friend, Pelly, to attend a once-every-90-year summer solstice festival at an isolated pagan commune nestled in the heart of the Swedish province of Halsingland. At last, for the first time in a long while, Danny feels happy. However, in this friendly and verdant haven of peace, harmony, and constant sunshine, the welcoming community's peculiar traditions start to blemish the folkloric utopia as the uncomfortable feeling of uneasiness starts to creep up on Pelly's guests. But, in the eyes of the uninitiated newcomers, the naturalistic rituals seem brutal. Could a numbing truth be hiding in plain sight? Well, he used a lot of big words there, didn't he? Mm. Thanks, Nick. Well, he was describing an A24 film. He felt he needed to. True, yeah. He just smartened up those synopsises. Other than that, <laughs> that, unlike that one we read last week for Rad, that was like, <laughs> you know, English clearly wasn't their first language. Yeah. Well, where do you want to start? I mean, I think uh, the opening, the god-awful cold open here, not like, <laughs> not that it was bad, just like what happens is bad. Like, this is horrible, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, and that's clearly, you know, the hang-up and the uh, the trauma and the grief and everything throughout the rest of the movie is what happens right here in the first, like, five or ten minutes, right? The, the murder-suicide. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this poor girl loses her entire family, and she feels like it's her fault. That's a it's a tough one too. It's a you know it's, it's a tough watch. There's no doubt. Yeah, about rough start. <laughs> yeah the, way it, the way it was shot and everything. <laughs> yeah, uh, but basically to describe what happens here is uh, she hooks up a hose to the back of a car and like duct tapes it to her mouth, right? So it takes her out, but I guess there's another hose that goes into her parents' room and snuffs them out while they're asleep. It's it's mm. it's rough. Also, the movie kind of starts, I guess, to to juxtapose. See, I, see what I did there. I'm like, I got to throw out some A24 words. Mm, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it starts off with a winter scene, right? The the forest with the snow and all that, and then this this horrific incident again. Very just. I mean, it, I think it's done purposefully to be in winter time, depressing. And then we later on in the movie when we come to Sweden and it, you know midsummer time and everything's bright and colorful. I think it was a different, it was an interesting way to start the movie off and get that tone in her head, you know, that depressive tone or whatever, just of it being winter and then giving way to summer once you get into the, the pro- movie proper. The winter of her discontent. Yeah, yeah. definitely discontent. There, there's definitely a lot of that season stuff at play here in the movie, right? You know, the, the winter, fall, spring, summer, you know, the, that's a mm. that's a common theme throughout the movie, right? Yeah. But to to get away from the fancy stuff, when they when they finally arrive there in Sweden, then they just trip balls. <laughs> they take <laughs> they take some good shit. Yeah, you know before before we actually get into that, uh, you know, there's some really good editing here. Uh, oh, yeah. from when they go from the um, the apartment to the plane bathroom, you know, yeah, like yeah. the uh, you know just. You know, yeah, it's, I mean, it's shot. It's well shot. Obviously, the whole movie. It yeah, looks, it looks awesome. We didn't talk about who. I mean, Donnie, maybe you can look it up, or maybe you know who the cinematographer was while we're talking about it. But it's well shot, and mm. the editor too. Well, well put together. Just the whole thing. And I'm sure Ari Aster, or I keep saying his name a little off. Ari Aster had a big hand in that since he was the director and the writer of this. It's his baby. You know, 
through and through. But man, they they did a great job on this movie. I'm gonna fuck his name up. Uh, Nakin. <laughs> Pavel Pogorzelski. Sure. We'll go with it. Good stuff. Good job, man. Good job. Good job. <laughs> rough. All right. Donnie. Not Don- as rough as that uh, murder-suicide, though. <laughs> Don- Don- yeah. <laughs> man, you got a hard name, but it's not as hard as a murder-suicide. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that, I guess. <laughs> well, look, look, it didn't really happen, right? So it's all, all fun and games. Um, but it, still, it's brutal. And, like, Basically, that's what the whole movie is about, right? Like, just what happened right there. Yep. And then the fact that her boyfriend is a is a, a douche nugget <laughs> to her, you know, about it all the rest of the movie. Just because, basically, what he doesn't want to break up with her. He because wants to break she was up dealing with the grief of this. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But like right before it happens, or right before he finds out that it happens, right? He's having a conversation with his friends, and that like he wants to break up with her. I guess, kind of right, but. Mm. Also doesn't yeah. want to, like, it sounds like he wants a break more than a breakup. Like, you know, maybe I won't be able to get her back or something like that. But then at some point, I guess because this happens, he's just like, man, fuck this, fuck this chick. I'm out. You know, And then just for whatever reason has her tag along all the time, even though he clearly doesn't want her around. And I don't know. It's, I guess it's just the, the, the thing about how relationships can be complicated and people that should get out of them don't know how to get out of them sometimes and stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of those type of themes going on here, right? More uh, smarter, smarter stuff than we usually deal with here on the Spook Show. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah, deeper things going on there. Now, as I said in that, uh, the uh, director's cut, it, there's even a little bit more of that along the way to where you get a better picture of their relationship dynamic. I guess. I love when they finally get to this village. You know, after they've uh, went on an acid trip out in the out in the fields in Sweden, uh, they're they're just a random bear in a cage. And then you don't you don't see it again until later, and there's no explanation. I think even somebody's like, "What's with the fucking bear?" And, yeah, don't worry about that. You know. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about the bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's a bear in a cage." <laughs> and then and then you forget about it until later. Like, oh yeah, that bear. You know. <laughs> they leave it off. They leave it off the table long enough to where you just completely forget about it. That's pretty good. Um, how about the scene a little bit later on with the elders and the cliff? Good God. Is that what it's Ritual. called? Ritual suicide? Yeah. I forgot what they had said it was called, but basically it's like once you hit what what the premise they have here is once 72. you hit 72, you're like, well, time to die. You know, so I, guess, <laughs> I guess every year all the 72 year olds just walk off a cliff. Yeah. The, the, there's a man. Oh, uh, my legs. There's a man and a woman. The woman walks off first and she takes it face first on a rock. So she's dead. The guy steps off and just goes straight down. And by the like way, feet first. Yeah. And then it crushes his legs. But by the way, I love that they, I, I don't love that this happens, obviously, right? But you know, I love in the context of this movie, right? That they let you see it happen. Because usually yeah. movies have that tendency of like cut away. Cutting you know, away. You know, yeah. No, you're yeah, watching. Cut away. You're watching this shit like, bam, her hit that rock face first. And then they don't stick, they don't stay on it long, but they stay on it long enough to see like, yep, her face is gone. You know, <laughs> you're, you're looking at it. And then the guy steps off straight down legs. So he's still alive. And then they have to take a hammer and bam, <laughs> clock him a couple Where's times. Where's the customary mileage? <laughs> now, I can't remember. 
if this was in the director's cut or not, and that one, did they hit him in the head more than once with a hammer in the regular theatrical version or not? Yeah, the one that I watched, which I assume is theatrical, they hit him twice. Yeah. They walk There's up. a third hit in this one. Then. <laughs> okay, well, there's one more hit. So, that, so that's what makes it NC-17. Three hits with it. Three <laughs> well, sledgehammer that, hits. In the jump off the cliff, there was a little bit more dwelling on her face aftermath or, you know, yeah. hitting the hitting the rock. A little bit more of the face demolishing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't shy from it. I mean, from what you see, like, you know, you see it happen. You see her face. They they take a massive, like, Harley Quinn-sized hammer mount to his head. <laughs> And you see it, and then they make you see it a couple more times even after that. Because, you know, they take the bodies away and burn them. Oh, yeah. Cremate them yeah, afterwards. So yeah, that's a close-up. Yeah, close-up of the mutilated faces as they're like, you know. Yeah, let's look at it again. But, it's, 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 it's pretty brutal. But obviously, they're freaked out, right? So, um, But, yeah, I thought it was a, a great scene. And it's really, I mean, if you think about it, uh, as far as the, the movie as a whole, uh, it's probably the most most violent wouldn't you say i mean like the yeah, end, the yeah. end, what happens yeah. at the end we'll get to it in a minute but like really it's probably the most glorious violent thing that happens in the movie right yeah yeah, yeah. and i think it was well done and seeing it in the theater with the group <laughs> that definitely got a response you might say i guess because yeah. you know a lot of people i mean i, I kind of had an idea i knew what was going to happen and maybe some other people did too and did, just didn't expect them like you said to, to show it. it yeah all the way down and then bam. And then the face thing and all that. Yeah. It was, it was pretty intense in the theater. <laughs> I, I, I could imagine. I, I, I'm, I blank on my reaction first seeing it, but it was probably, Whoa, you know, <laughs> it, <laughs> it's like you do anticipate it, but you don't. I love that though, that like they take the bodies, they burn them and then they take the ashes and put it like under a tree or something. Right. So I guess it's like the old ancestor tree. I yeah, guess the ancestor like, tree that, yeah, that yeah. plays another role in it. Yeah, that's what mind. happens right after is when their buddy Mark just walks up and starts pissing on the tree. <laughs> <laughs> and then that guy got, gets all, yeah, obviously, you know, he gets mad about it that, you know, this, this motherfucker's, you know, he's pissed on my ancestors or whatever. And I love that a little bit later on that, like, the guy keeps side-eyeing him about pissing on the tree. <laughs> when he's like, this guy's <laughs> staring at me and they're eating or whatever and he looks across the way and the guy's just you know, dead item. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, this is about where it kind of goes off the rails as far as like people start disappearing. Right. But right, right before that, cause that's where Mark, like one of the girls comes over and takes like, I'm going to go show you something. What, what does she say? Like, come here. I'm going to show you this. And, he, and he's like, hold on a minute, guys. I'm going to go over. She's going to show me this. Or something. You know, he, he just yeah, leaves. Yeah, with, so random. He just leaves with her. Meanwhile, they, yeah. they have served up these pies. They're like little, small, Meat pies. I don't know what kind of pie it was, but you know, the one that they served uh, uh, Christian though was a hair pie. <laughs> Say that again. It was a hair pie. He <laughs> ate hair pie, and then and mm. then they went ass sliding, and then <laughs> oh, different movies. My bad. That was last week, but yeah, like he eats he eats hair pie. Like he's got. There's a, a damn pube in the pie right now. Before you see this scene, though, there's this one uh, pan shot of like a tapestry, like a handmade, like hand painted tapestry type thing that kind of explains, I guess, what you see later on in the movie. What you're seeing here is that, like, I guess when they're going to put the, the love spell on somebody, they 
that particular girl has to clip one of her pubes off and put it in the dude. He has to eat it, right? <laughs> and then I guess he has to, she has to bleed like her menstrual blood in a drink to get him to drink it. Because that's what the, it's in the cup, right? The glass. Mm, the yeah. Yeah. So he eats hair pie and watches it down. <laughs> <laughs> No wonder they have to bring people in to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause anybody that's familiar with the customs, like, Oh fuck. No. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it's cool and everything, but damn. Knocking. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was pretty rough, but I do love the callback to that later on in the movie <laughs> when the leader of the village or whatever, like finally like comes face to face with Christian, like look, uh, Olga or whatever her name was. She's got the hots for you. He's like, yeah, I think I ate her. I think I ate one of her pubes. <laughs> <laughs> Just I, nonchalant. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I ate one of her pubes in a pie or something. <laughs> How about when uh, Josh goes into the uh, uh, temple or whatever that was, like a library or something, and he's taking pictures of the book, and then somebody walks up behind him and, and takes him out, like hits him in the head with a hammer or something, and he's wearing... I, I, I want to make sure I get this right. He's wearing the face of Mark, right? <laughs> that guy that just yeah. got yeah. Yeah. that guy that just got taken away by the uh, that that random chick. Right? <laughs> now, was it the was it was it the one that's like a, an, an inbreed? I, I can't remember that character's name. The one that's kind of I mean, like technically they all are inbreeds. Well, yeah. they do kind of explain that. Well, I guess they bring in <laughs> random people sometimes. <laughs> Level to, of inbreed. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, there's a certain level, right? They purposefully make her, like, hardcore inbred. I don't know how you make it any worse. But... Someone get hardcore inbred. Well, that's kind of the way to describe it, right? Like, yeah, we make sure she's fucked up. <laughs> so, I don't know what extra inbred is, but she is. Meanwhile, it just looks like she's had an allergic reaction to a bee sting. You know what it looks like? It's rough. Yeah, that, I think that goes that goes back to something in folklore because she was, they call her an oracle. I guess it's supposed to be like a can tell things, see things, future visions, or whatever. But there's something about that, and and uh, like going all the way back to Roman and Greek times, or something about oracles being it might be that they're inbred, but they're in some way different looking. You know, like they're deformed or whatever in some way. So was that? I guess my, my question is: Was that her? That I mean, I guess it doesn't matter, but was that her that took out? Mark, or I'm sorry, Josh, wearing Mark's face? Or was that just some other person? I thought that was it was her wearing the face, right? But didn't somebody else hit him from behind while he was in there? That was another thing, too. I couldn't tell whether it was two people or one, because it was kind of a weird angle that you see there, and you don't see it. You just see one person, right? But it kind of did look like there was two people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, because it's kind of weird the way it plays, because he gets hit from behind, right? Because he's got the, you know, he gets hit in the back of the head. But yet he's staring at... Mark, quote unquote, you know the yeah. the oracle or whatever, wearing Mark's face, but he's hit from behind. So. By the way, did they, <laughs> did I just miss see it? Because I, I didn't rewind it. Were they that person was wearing his face? Was were they wearing pants? <laughs> Weren't they standing like naked from the waist down? I think, and then like he's like, so was, Mark, what the fuck are you doing here? Close the door, and then bam, you know. I mean, was it? Is was that it, really something you're questioning? What I mean they, is they that, is that really on? something you're worried about if they were? I'm not worried mm. about it. I'm just wondering if I was the only one that saw it. <laughs> Are they wearing that's, pants? That's what I was asking about because was in the, again in the director's cut, it was like clearly penis there. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
Some dude's just standing there wearing a, another guy's face. It was junk out. Like, what the hell's going on? Uh, I don't know if he's wearing his junk out or was it he wearing the other guy's junk? Was the other guy's junk cut off and he was wearing oh, that? God, well you just took thing. it to a whole other level. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't, not in my wildest imagination did I go there. <laughs> and yet, here we are. <laughs> well, this will be the last broadcast of the All American Spook Show podcast. <laughs> we, we thank you for the last nearly five years. We almost made it, but here we are. 161 episodes. Bye. Um, <laughs> later on, Danny wins. They have this dance-off competition, for lack of a better term, whatever the hell they call it, where they all just kind of run around in a circle and dance until they all start dropping out until finally, like, it's her and a couple other uh, ladies, and then uh, they fall out, and then Danny wins, so now she's named the May Queen of this whole shindig, the festival, which I guess in some ways – Puts her on a pedestal, I guess, and gives her some level of power here in the situation. Yes, she's. I I would say, like at this point, like she's starting to accept a family that she's lost. Yeah, she's found. You mean like she's kind of replaced her family with these people? Like she's found with all these people. Yeah. Yeah, because who are like center support and like you know that she's not getting from what's his name? Clearly from a yeah Christian. And or then, from, I mean, I don't know how she was with her family family. I mean, obviously her sister was depressed. She knew that. She didn't know how depressed or whatever. I don't know what her family dynamic yeah, yeah. relationship was. But I think it also kind of shows sort of, a, I guess, modern urban family versus rural, you know, community where she wasn't. I think that, that there's a whole lot of things going on here. And I haven't read any of Ari Aster's, if he's written anything about what he's, his intentions for making the movie or his symbolism or any of that stuff. But. It just seems like they're kind of, again, showing those differences of modern urban family versus these traditional, you know, even though even though they're, you know, way over the top with what they do with the suicide scene, you know, senior suicides and and the hair pies and the (laughs) whatever you want to call all these things going on. She's still finding community and family here that she wasn't finding yeah, in clearly, where she was poor. at the least with her, with her boyfriend Christian, right? Like he's Certainly, he's, he's yeah. a piece yeah. of shit, you know, the way he treats her and everything. Um, do we do we have a new shirt on the way? By the way, <laughs> uh, well, I know we're, we're definitely doing the ass sliding thing. What about you talking about hair pie? Is that what you're hair pies? Yeah, <laughs> it's starting to turn into something right here. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is this is now a t-shirt company. That's what we are. <laughs> So now you're coming up on some of the more memorable scenes of the movie. Like you've had a couple big ones here, but I think these are two of the more memorable takeaway type of scenes. First one, Christian having sex with whatever her name was, Olga, whatever the, the tr- village girl. While there's a whole group of women like in a, a semicircle around them. And then basically they start getting involved. Like one of them comes up and starts holding her hand as he's having sex with her. And then there's another one that comes up behind him and starts pushing him in like further as they're having sex. <laughs> this is some, uh, yeah. Cause one, they, they say something like, uh, no, don't stop. You know? And then that's when like, cause I guess he was getting weirded out, of course, getting weirded out or get tired, whatever the case may be. That's a weirded out. And then I guess he wasn't slowing down. He wasn't going fast. I'm like, no, don't yeah. stop. So they start. Yeah. That a uh, 60, 70 year old woman gets, gets, gets behind him and starts shoving his ass. <laughs> yeah, like pushing, like, hey, here you go. Oh, oh, pushing on his cheeks. And then when he, he finishes, he turns around and looks at her and she's like, hey, 
<laughs> now we know she's not over 72 otherwise she'd be dead so yeah that's true yeah. Her, somewhere in her 60s but <laughs> yeah that's one of the more memorable scenes and also during this danny looks through the keyhole literally and sees this go down so she is upset obviously and she goes back to the the group of women that are with her and then she just kind of falls down and starts crying and then like moaning, crying, right? <laughs> like completely breaking down, crying. And then the whole group starts crying with her. <laughs> it's like, well, she's upset. Let's all be upset. <laughs> yeah. and that's, part, that's part of the theme going through the thing, too, because what was the first time that happens? It's not, I know the second time it happens is with him having well, sex with yeah, the, that's the. I think that's kind of the first, yeah. And then right after that, so you have two moments of it kind of happening. Really, kind yeah. of at the same time here, you know. Like there was something earlier in the movie, and I can't remember right now what it was. There was another communal <laughs> moaning slash whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah, it was the uh, it was the Atastupa ritual or whatever. Whenever they jumped off, and the one yeah. who messed the, the 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 man's legs that was messed up before he died, he was moaning, and yeah, you know, of course, and you know, then as you start... would if you jump off a cliff and your legs hang off. Yeah, and you're not whatever. dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So then when they hear that, then they all start. So yeah. it's kind of like this, I guess, communal, what do you call it? Like a just it's like empathy. Uh, empathy, yeah. That it's like they, all start, it. they all start acting the same way. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. empathic. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I would say these two scenes, the sex scene, because it's so weird and fucking like, what the hell have I just seen? Kind of thing that, you know. And then the Danny crying scene, because like you see this a lot, like I guess in the trailer or clips of the movie and stuff like that, you see her screaming and moaning and crying in this, you know, like it's one of those just key scenes that, you know, kind of sticks in your mind. Christian runs away from this <laughs> as you should. At, but after it's like, after he has the weird sex, you know, and like, she's like, she holds her legs up. I feel the baby inside me. And he's just like, fuck. And he runs away, <laughs> butt naked, you know, dangle in the wind. He's, he's running out in the field, runs into a barn. <clears throat> and this is where you start to like, this is the Friday the 13th moment, right, Smoke, where all the bodies start popping up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he sees the legs sticking up out of yeah. the ground, which was... What the hell uh, was I that? Like after thing, but the one that was taking the pictures of the chapel. It was uh, Josh. Like, what What the hell was that, Josh. though? It's like, they've done a pretty good job of hiding things up to this point. Like, fuck it. Now, <laughs> let's just let him see that we've planted a garden around his friend's foot. <laughs> Here it is. And then he goes into Did this go barn. Yeah, right. And yep. sees uh, the other guy, uh, Simon, that was like brought by another dude from the village. He's flayed, right? Like he's he's been like skinned drawn up. and quartered and skinned and whatever the hell, and he's just hanging. He's strung up and hanging from the top of the barn. Well, that that's part of, and you've seen it. You've seen this. You know, they didn't show the ritual, but it's the blood eagle. Which, yeah. if you've seen Vikings, you've seen. You've seen I, I, y'all seen the Viking series at all? No. Yeah. Blood Eagle scene. There's a, uh, but that, that's part of a, of a, a ritual that goes back to that time of where they would like slice open the back and pull out the lungs. And I mean, it generally wasn't done to just anybody like they do in this movie. It was done to, it was sort of an honor really that, that you do it to your, your enemy who that yeah, you, that worst enemy. That honor, not just somebody you're sacrificing or whatever, you know, <laughs> like a great enemy that you now, defeated or. Now, I, I, he's dead, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it looked like his lungs were moving. Yeah, he lungs. was uh, 
I think when you when you first or when Christian first walks in, he's actually I guess he's breathing still. I mean, you, it looks like they're moving to me. Now I know there's a lot yeah. of weirdness going on because it seems like half the movie they're on something, right? Like that's yeah, a big part of what's that. going on yeah. here is that you can and, now, you, and you can tell because people's faces will be all contorted and or you look mm-hmm. at, you look in the background and the grass or the trees are you know it starts to look like a Van Gogh or something. You know, like, there's a lot of weird <laughs> yeah. stuff going on there. So clearly, people are under the influence a lot. I don't know how long the lungs will pull air in. From somebody you know that that's been killed, but obviously he's been up there hanging for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he's been gone yeah, for a while too. You know, psychedelic drugs. You know, psychoactive drugs. They were they had given him. Christian, they were seeing because they see a lot of breathing, like you said, the trees breathing yeah. and everything. Christian's freaking out. Of course, he turns around. Some dudes there like blows some kind of dust in his face that paralyzes him. Kabuki. It's kabuki. No, it's not yeah, kabuki. like yeah. the great Muda. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been awesome if it's the Great Muda. They just spliced in some old footage from 1987. Great Muda spraying the mist in his face. And then it goes back to the movie. Like, what the hell was that? Yeah, so he's paralyzed. So they take him and, like, ceremonially stuff him in that bear. Remember the bear we mentioned a few minutes ago? They uh, gut the bear and then basically stuff him in there as he's paralyzed. And then they put him in a... Uh, there's this big yellow like triangle temple in the village there. They put him in there in the bear suit with the bodies of all the other people, right? They came. And then there was a couple of people from the village. One of the guys that uh, brought them, some of them there, right? And then there was another guy. Basically, like they give them something to dull the pain, which apparently didn't work. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> and they're in there. So you basically got three people alive in there with all the bodies of the people that were brought there to begin with. And then they burn it down the end. Now during this though, Danny is like the may queen, right? So like there's some level of like, she kind of is cool with this, right? Because clearly the last image you see other than the burning of the place is they cut to Danny sitting there and she smiles. Like <laughs> truly like, the only time throughout the movie that it feels like she's actually happy is all of you know, watching this happen, right? I think a big part of that, though, is just kind of the, the the representation of the end of that relationship. You know, like she's finally moved on from, you know, what happened from the beginning of the movie. Her family. You know, like like, like she's she's ready to to kind of wrap up that part of the grieving process. Mm-hmm. So basically, what what is this movie about? It's about d- dealing with grief. Right. Like, I mean, at its root, that's what it is. It's like, well, there's these many stages of grief. And now, you know, this is extra fucked up because this fucked up thing happened with her family. She has a horrible relationship with it, with her boyfriend. Right. She's drugged halfway across the world in the middle of still dealing with all this shit. And, you know, somehow she finds something to kind of replace her family. Like you said, and now she's you're watching the stages of grief or something. Right. There's some deep meaning to it. So why he was sacrificed too? Well, you know, they kind of wait for her as the May Queen to give the okay to sacrifice him, you know, to do the whole thing that goes on. And she does kind of, you know, she does give that okay. And then I guess that's when she has that, like you said, cathartic release from that relationship and from, you know, the grief and then accepting the this community and everything. It's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, like, like I said, for a movie that's two and a half hours long, 
It doesn't necessarily feel like, I mean, at times it drags a little bit, but for the most part, it, it keeps going. I remember the first, <clears throat> the, this is only the second time I've sat through and watched the whole thing, right? I remember the first time watching it, I had more of a sense of dread about what, what was going on here than I did the second time I watched it. I guess because now I know, right, you know, like I've seen it, so I know what happens to everybody. So I didn't feel that sense of like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen that this time around. But that first time I remember feeling like the whole time you're kind of, there's a sense of dread and depression going on, you know, cause you don't know what's going to happen. What's going on here. What's going to happen to everybody, you know? So I, this time around, I didn't, I didn't feel that at all. I mean, what about, uh, Donnie, you said this is the first time you've watched it. How'd you feel, yeah. through, you know, throughout it and then getting there to the end? Oh man. You know, it was, it, you know, what, and I've already I've already mentioned this. So when I first saw the duration, I was like, "Oh shit, man!" Because that's about it. Because I have a short the, attention span as it is. Yeah. Say what? I said you just yeah, dreaded I, the runtime, not the. Yeah, I was like, yeah. "Oh my gosh!" But it, it was actually you know paced pretty well, kept my attention, uh, which which for and, all of us that you, know you is surprising. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but no, I I especially like the Blood Eagle. Um, execution method and uh, it sounds kind of morbid but you don't really see a whole lot of that in uh well in pop culture i think the uh the only representations that we've seen that well uh and smoke mentioned it in the uh the vikings series uh but it was also in uh assassin's creed valhalla um that video game that they actually do it there um but yeah it's it's a completely it's yeah, it's a completely fucked up uh, execution uh, method. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like we that shit. We could do it on Cold Corner maybe, but I know it's been in uh, Valhalla Rising. I believe it was in that one too. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, but no, beautifully shot. Uh, but yeah, up, up until, you know, the ending, it was, you know, paced well. Well, you're the one that uh, put this up. You know, you, you nominated it and this is what we're watching. So uh, I'll let you do the star rating first. What do you think? I'm going to go with four and a half stars on this one. I mean, any movie that you can sit there, rewatch and kind of catch something new. And, and the fact that, you know, like what y'all had mentioned uh, just now, the fact that it's, uh, you know, like two and a half hours long and it, it flows. I mean, what, one of the coolest things I feel like in this movie is it's all shot in the, you know, in the daylight yeah. and it's just as kind of dreadful as yep. it is, uh, you know, from any other movie where they're running around in the dark. Yeah, that's a good call. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just a good, different type of movie to to watch. And I haven't seen Hereditary, and I'm I would definitely look forward to seeing that after yeah. I've seen this. We 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 definitely need to, gonna, we need to get to that. Yeah. I was yeah. Gonna ask that. Who has seen that? You've seen it, Josh? Yeah. Hereditary. I've seen it. Yeah. Donnie, you seen it? Yeah. Too? Yeah. I had nominated it. Uh, I think so. Recently, I think it's and it's it's the it's the antithesis of this movie as far as the cinematography. That movie is very dark. I mean, dark as in literal scenes that are dark. Whereas this one is the exact opposite, where it's shot. But like you said, you still get that sense of dread in broad daylight in the summertime with the with the bright colors and everything. It's just in that Hereditary, it is just a dark movie, both both thematically and literally. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Smoke, what'd you, what's your star rating? What do you think about this one? Yeah, this one, I, I, I've seen it, I don't know, three times now at least, I guess. But first time I saw the uh, director's cut, and I definitely recommend that. I don't know where it is streaming, if, the, if it's 
I know that it's on this uh, box set that we got of Midsummer from A24, but uh, like I said, I don't know what the how available it is, but I would I definitely recommend it. It's worth watching. You know, some of those director's cuts, they'll put it out there and it'll be five or ten minutes. And it'll be some bullshit that they should have just left on the cutting room floor yeah. anyway. You know, that you see the reason why they cut it out because it's just, you know, messed up the pacing or whatever. This one uh, is not like that. I think this one, all the scenes that were cut were probably cut for pacing because the movie was already long. But if you're watching it in the comfort of your own home, I, I, I would recommend watching it that way if you haven't seen it. So all the scenes that were added were a little bit of gore, like I mentioned, that was a little bit, a little bit longer for the, the cliff diving scene and the various other little scenes. I don't know if the Blood Eagle, I know they didn't show the Blood Eagle happening, but I don't know if the, maybe there was a little bit more there that they show to the body. I'm not 100% sure of that, but, but uh, yeah, and then the, all the extra added scenes of them, characterization scenes between Danny and Christian and as well as some of the other characters were definitely added to the story, I thought. So, uh, overall, though, yeah, I, I love this movie, too. Uh, I would give it, I'm going to give it four stars. It's uh, a solid movie, and if anybody who hasn't seen it, I'd recommend this and Hereditary. Two movies, like I said, are complimentary, but for different reasons, and both of them are go to dark places here and there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to echo what you just said. I'm going to give it four stars for the same reasons. I mean, it's well done. Great pacing. Um, even though it's all in the, the daylight thing is a good call. Will, when you mentioned that, because yeah, a lot of the movies that we watch aren't like that, you know, yeah, of course you go day and night and everything and all, back and forth. Usually the horror is in the dark, you know, but in this one, like, is there even one dark, I mean, I guess that's the whole point, right? Midsummer, like the, the beginning of the movie. Okay, yeah, right? the, yeah, you're right. At the very beginning. So I guess that's more yeah. the seasonal thing, right? Winter, dark, yeah. and everything. Yeah, this dark period of life, yeah. symbolism. But yeah, the only, like the only part I remember being dark in when they get to you know in Sweden is inside the I, not church. That's not the word for it. The, the temple, commune, whatever place or pictures. Yeah, because yeah. all the windows are shuttered. Yeah, doors closed. But Otherwise, it would be a, bright because they're in the summer, and that's it's the land of the midnight sun. In Sweden and all that, yeah, they have that's what I was sunshine say, yeah. at that point in time for like I don't know what is it a month, two months? Yeah, where basically it what doesn't it get dark, or only very yeah. briefly does it get dark. So yeah, I say four stars. Donnie, what do you say? You know, I've already I've already said pretty much everything uh, that I, I would say. Uh, my I like Hereditary more than I like this one. Okay, so I didn't watch the trailer at all when I, when I got into it. And I, um, and I was like, fuck, man, I hope this is not like another period piece because I really, I, I kind of struggle with period horror uh, a little bit, but, um, yeah, I think you didn't, you weren't very, uh, favorable when we did the witch, right? Like you didn't like that quite as much as we did. I, I, I think I, uh, I don't know what I gave I the witch. I, 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 I liked it though. I don't know what I, what I actually gave it, but, uh, um, I, I do remember talking. liking it. Go ahead. I'll find it while you're talking. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Basically, my like if I would rewatch this, it has to be at least three stars for me. Um, I'm not quite as high as you guys, but I, you know, like I mentioned, it it is beautifully shot. Um, Will made a great point about you know there being just as much horror in the uh, in the daylight uh, versus uh, night. So that's another really great point. Yeah. Um, and the Blood Eagle uh, reference and uh, just the execution of that. Um, um, you know, that, that bumps it up for me. I I'm at three and a half, uh, not quite as high on you, you know, uh, as you guys, but, uh, it's still, I, I recommend it. You gave the witch three and three quarters. 
Yeah. Will, yeah. I think it, Will, I think it was you that I, I was a little below the rest of us. You gave it three stars. So maybe that's what I was thinking of. Um, especially compared to smoking eye on that one. But anyways, you know, if that, if, if you like this kind of thing, you'll probably like the witch and we recommend you go to episode 127 back in the archives to listen to that one. And we also recommend checking out the witch overall. I think we all enjoyed it enough to recommend it. So yeah, there you go. That's, uh, that's our thoughts as far as, you know, our star ratings and everything. But I mean, let's face it. That's only one thing that you come here for. One of the main things are. Connections. Yeah, right. So yeah, we just talked about the witch. Um, the there are no uh, cast. That's uh, probably not a not a surprise. Uh, but there's there's no cast connections. Uh, there are a couple crew connections. We've got uh, producers Thomas Bensky and Lars Knudsen. Uh, they were also producers uh, for The Witch. And then we also have uh, Makeup Effects uh, Raquel uh, Manura um, for uh, Summer Camp from 2015. What? Way back for uh, Camp Spook Show. Yeah. So going way back. Chills. Yeah, I thought you might like that. Yeah. Something about this person in summer movies, apparently. Mm, you know? Yeah. Well, there you go. Will? Kill. 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 This should be interesting because it's not a high body count movie, I wouldn't think. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Okay. Uh, 15. Hmm. Okay, I am surprised by that. So you got the family at the beginning. There's three. You've got the two old people that uh, took the header off the mountain. Or the cliff. You had all the friends. So uh, Mark, who got skinned alive. Josh, who got a uh, mallet to the head. No, Simon, no, got the blood eagle. What? I said, yes. no, I I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> Look behind you. What? <laughs> Connie, who got drowned. And then you had, I think it was a total of like six people that got uh, burned to death. So 15. Yeah. I guess it's about right when you, when you start tallying them up. Uh, that naturally leads us to. Let's talk about the kill reel. Highlight kill. All right, now what I'm thinking is the dude getting burned up in the bear suit, because that's you know that that's the the climax, that's the big moment of the movie, right? And that's a pretty fucked up way to go, being paralyzed by some kind of dust <laughs> and then stuffed in t- inside of a dead bear. And burned alive, you can't even, I I guess you couldn't even scream. You know, that's pretty rough. But I will say a close second are the the cliff divers there. That's pretty close. Mm. Gruesome at least. But but yeah, once again, natural transition. Gore score. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, that that cliff scene is brutal. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about straight gore though, yeah. The scene at the beginning with the with the murder suicide, of course, is not gory. It uses gas to, you know, still pretty. Brutal. So uh, once we get, what's that? I said it's still pretty brutal though. Yeah, it's brutal. Oh yeah, if we're talking about just like emotional violence, so to speak, yeah, yeah. like what messes with your head, yeah, that's messed up. Yeah. That's messed up scene. Actual gore, you pretty much get to the cliff diving, the, or the atastupa, I think they call it, is the name of the ritual. 
that's uh, probably that is that not probably that is the most brutal moment in the movie as far as especially in the director's cut because it's a little bit more sustained shots on the on the aftermath and maybe even on the impact because I remember the impact on the theatrical version they, they show it and it's kind of like a little bit of a bounce when his head hits the rock then it comes yeah. of the close up of his face just basically being demolished uh, and then the leg being you know when the when he jumps off the cliff and is he <laughs> for whatever reason decides to jump feet first uh, <laughs> uh, and, and then, then, and then and just goes the straight down too it's like he's diving in a pool <laughs> I know. It does. Like, I, I tell you, if I if I, if you know if I'm having to do that, I'm going head first. Yeah, or yeah. something like. That. You know, I don't yeah, want to feel. It. I don't want to be they're alive. Do, they're doing it voluntarily, and they want to die. So, like, let's just make sure this is over. I don't want to suffer. Yeah, I'm taking. <laughs> I'm taking the literal header, like you said. Yeah. Head first. I mean, you might not. You know, it's not that far up. You, you jump head first. You're pretty much not going to have get a full rotation, probably. You know. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's analyze the cliff diving scene. Yeah. <laughs> At any rate, though, yeah, that's the most brutal, goriest moment in the movie for sure. Uh, beyond that, you have some. Uh, you have the aftermath of the Blood Eagle in the shed that you see uh, now. That, wow, that, yeah, they had shown that. Talking about this, probably yeah. would be a ten if they, you know, if you had the cliff diving and they actually showed the Blood Eagle, which is a uh, pretty intense. I'm sure it would be, but uh, even without that, though, just the aftermath of that, I think it's not sustained gore through the whole thing. Like some of the other things you said, like the bear. And I can't remember this, if this is in the theatrical version, did they show the bear being slit or the bear being open and his intestines being there and then having to pull the intestines yeah. out? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now maybe they stuck with it longer, but yeah, they did show it. Yeah. yeah okay. Did. So yeah, that, that, you know, that was pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then stuffing him in the body and then the burning up of it in the end. But, uh, but really, if you think about it overall, there's not an intense amount of gore throughout the whole thing, right? So it's, it's pretty much in the cliff diving scene. And uh, and the Blood Eagle aftermath and a few other little tidbits here and there. But uh, I think just because of how brutal that scene is, the cliff diving scene and everything, and, and the aftermath of Blood Eagle, I have to go with a seven at least. Yeah, yeah, I can see. I mean, and, and that's the other thing, too, is like, yeah, there's not a lot of gore, but the gore you get, I think, it has, yeah, a, higher, it has a higher impact because there's not a lot of it. You know, like the worst scenes. Sticks- are, yeah, yeah, the worst scenes really stick with you for sure. Um, and even the scene you said that don't even involve gore, you don't even have to have gore for that murder suicide scene of the parents thing at the beginning that sticks with you. Maybe even in some cases, sometimes more so than, than the cliff diving scene, just of how emotional that scene leaves, you know, yeah, without the gore or whatever. And then the same thing too, with the bear suit thing at the end, like you said, like, as you mentioned it being the, the best kill and yeah, that is the most memorable kill, even if it's not the gorious. Well, so that's where we'll leave it. Uh, a gore score of seven. Uh, overall, our consensus rating is an even four stars. So obviously, we highly recommend you checking this out. The usual aggregates, IMDb gives it 7.1 out of 10 stars, which is pretty good. Pretty much the same. Meta score, that's zero to 100, 72. So pretty much exactly the same as 7.1 out of 10 stars. And then over on Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter, certified fresh, 83%. No surprise there. Audience score is a little lower. That's sixty three percent, but once again, for a, a higher art factor type of movie, right? That's a little less surprising. So, yeah, overall, you know, I think the critics and the audience generally agree. It's it's worth checking out at least once, and we agree with that too with our overall score of four stars. So, 
that's where we'll leave it. So basically that's the end of regularly scheduled programming right there. Because starting next week, we're getting into the spook show summer disaster. This is where we, we should put in like the breaking news alert disaster coming, you know, something like that. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to have a preview episode next week. So this will be on Memorial day, May 29th episode 162. We're going to kind of run through what we've got planned. We've pretty much got it all laid out. So we're going to, Lay the cards all out on the table so everybody know what knows what's coming this summer. Uh, spoiler alert: we got some cool, really cool things I think lined up for the summer. It should be an interesting uh, series that we do here, and we're going to be kicking it off the week after that. The first movie that we're going to watch, we'll go ahead and tell you that: Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Not the uh, more recent remake of it, but the original from the fifties. I don't remember the exact year, but it was the one with basically they took the original version of Godzilla and Americanized it with Raymond Burr, right? Smoke that one. Yeah is what we'll be yep. talking about in uh, episode 163. That was, yeah, that was 1956. So there you go. If you're looking for which copy, it's the the re-edited version of Godzilla, King of the Monsters from 1956 that we'll be watching to kick everything off. So lots of cool stuff lined up. You don't want to miss a thing. Head over to aaspookshow.com for all that. So for Donnie, Will, Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show Podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.